Hello, so glad Hello. you guys are here. How many of you are completely overwhelmed with all the information you've heard wow, this weekend? I know. Like it just kind of feels like drinking from a fire hose. So, more fire hose coming your <laughs> way. You're welcome. Um, my name's Kara. I, let's see, I was born and raised in Washington. Uh, my husband and I met at Simpson University down in Redding, California which is a Christian and Missionary Alliance school, the denomination that Sin Alliance is. And we met in his dad's preaching class. So um, Dr. Brown was my professor before he was my father-in-law. And it was kind of fun to meet him in that environment because both of us were pursuing our call to ministry. And we got to kind of work in ministry stuff together as friends before we realized, like, hey, I like you. Hey, I like you, too. Um, we got married in 2003 down in Redding, California, and then stayed there for six years, and moved up here in 2008, so 10 years now, actually April 1st will be his, his 10 year like work anniversary. Um, we have four kids, Caleb our oldest is 10, and Samaria our daughter is 9, and they are over at Grant in the dual language program, which is amazing. Um, and then we have twins that are going to be seven next week, which is crazy pants, um, that we adopted from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So we brought them home just before their second birthday, and um, they were tiny. They were nine and ten pounds at one year old. Mm -hmm. So lots of, there are women that have babies at nine and ten pounds. So um, at one year old, they were nine and ten pounds, and then... Um, we brought them home at 2, and they were, like, in 12-month clothing, like, 12 to 18-month kind of clothing. But now they're giant, literally. Like, if you've seen my twins, they are, like, the tallest in first grade. People are like, oh, third grade? And I'm like, nope, first. So between God and love and healing and prayer, they are, like, thriving beyond thriving, which is so cool. And we love it here. We love Salem. We love Salem Alliance. We're honored to be a part of a healthy church body that does cross-generational um, community well and connects with the community and the nations. Like, it's just, I honestly just feel so humbled to be here and be a part of this. And thank you for thinking that the God might have something valuable to say through me today. Like, thank you. This is, this is affirming that you're here. Thank you. Um, I'm going to start in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started because we've got a lot Okay, so when I talked about that fire hose earlier, it literally is going to be more fire hose. Um, if you have your Bibles, you're going to want to get those out, but we're kind of like rapid fire through it. So it's going to be good, though. You're going to love it. And I don't have a notes page because that stuff stresses me out. To get that stuff turned in weeks beforehand, guys, I just I can't do it. There are some people, Becky Gossard, who can do that. I am not one of them. That's just not, it just can't happen. So I'm sorry, but hopefully you got a piece of paper. If you don't, it looks like Sue has a whole pad. I bet she'd say share, right? Sue? Yeah. Sue will share. <laughs> um, God, thank you so much for this opportunity. I know for a lot of the women in this room, been a power-packed amount of information. And so I pray, God, that the things that are supposed to stick with them and stay close, that you keep those things close. The other things that need to kind of fall, let them fall. And, God, that these would be your words, that this would be your heart for the women that are here. Um, and just, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. I feel already like this is a sacred, holy place, 
and we'll get to enter the throne room together. We just give this time to you in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so who does soul care and body care well already? Unsure. What? Unsure. Unsure. Okay, yeah. Are you sure? Or unsure? Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So last last hour, there was a group of friends over here, and literally this, there were three friends that all pointed to the girl at the end. And I was like, sweet. And she's like, no, I don't. And they're all like, yes, you do. And then they had this little friend argument that was really cute. And so um, Kelly just said, like, I know that I'm a better mom when I get 24 hours away, like once every other month. So I do it. And I said, oh, so do you, so is that motivation for your parenting or is that motivation because you actually value yourself? And she was like, uh, uh, both. <laughs> okay, okay. So I love that you're here then. I think somebody in the back was like, that's why I'm at this one. Because <laughs> I don't do it. So um, I'm going to, I can read lips, by the way, also. So, just a little side note, I can, thank you, Rachel, I appreciate that, she just said that I rock, thank you, um, but it's a really cool thing about being partially deaf for the majority of your life is that in speech therapy, they also teach you how to read lips, so if you talk that about me right now, I will read your lips and I will kick you out. <laughs> and it totally comes in handy as a parent and also as a basketball coach and a teacher for the record. Very helpful to read the opponent's mouth during a game. Not that I ever did that. <laughs> you guys don't believe me, do you? Fair. Fair. I did. One time, okay, really quick side note, but like, it was playoffs, I was coaching, I was junior varsity coach, assisting varsity, and we're in the playoff game to go to state, and this is down in Redding, California, and I didn't mean to, but like, we were at a timeout, and I kind of like, head coach down there, girls all around him standing, and I look over to my left just to kind of see what's going on, and I read his lips, and he was going over the full court press, and, and then I was like, coach, go over the press breaker, and he's like, what? And I said, press breaker, go! And so, like, he went over it, and they came out, and we busted it, and we got two points, and we went to stay! <laughs> but then we got killed the first two games, and we were out, so I kind of felt like it was my fault. <laughs> Why do you think it is? This is this is the interactive part. Why do you think it is that we don't take care of our bodies and our soul? Give me some reasons why. Caring more for others than we do ourselves. Caring more for others than we do ourselves. As women, we're natural caretakers. <coughs> part of our makeup, how we're made. Whether it's mom or whether it's friend or whether it's sister or whatever, whatever season of life you're in, it's just natural to kind of go into caretaker mode. Fair statement. What else? Ooh, not taking the time to take care of ourselves. What else? Not having the time. Not what? Having the not time. Not having the time. Okay, fair statement. <laughs> not having the time. Not having good models of doing it. Oh, <laughs> ding, ding. Not having good role models of people who do take care of their body and their soul. <coughs> not making it a priority. Not making it a priority. Yes, definitely. Consider it, considering it being selfish. Yes. Considering it being selfish to actually take care of your body and your soul. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. I think growing up in a church, the message I always heard was that it was more important to, pay, to look out for other people mm -hmm. and that I was supposed to um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first shall be last, right? I mean, even we, we even have scripture that supports that thought that we need to take care of everybody else and, like, we need to be on the back burner. Um, so, definitely. And the church subculture is pretty, it can be, we, we send a lot of mixed signals, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we do. Lord, we try hard, though. See, were you going to say something? Um, and I think, too, I feel guilty spending the money, what, you know, whatever it would take to take care of, you know, like. Yep. A massage? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to use that money for this. Or the bills. Or gas. Or groceries. Or, 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 or to give away. I mean, yeah, you know, or to get away. I mean, it just, like someone said, it just seems selfish to me. Yep. You know, Taking care of yourself or spending money on yourself seems selfish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the other one is, lastly, just real quick, is a single parent working full-time plus and, like, going to grad school and doing all of those things concurrently, it was, like, now habit forming. Mm-hmm. I'm an empty nester that it's not a consideration. So it's like a habit of not taking care of myself. It's doing for others. For you, in your season of life, being a single full-time working mom, and going to school and taking care of everything, you got into a routine and a rhythm of no self-care. So now, even though that they're out of the house, you are still in that pattern of not taking care of yourself. I appreciate your um, candor. And I was raised by a single full-time working mom, and I think I turned out all right. So, good job. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to do it by yourself. It takes a lot. You go, girl. Okay, so I'm going to read a quote out of the book called Soul Care. This book is amazing. And the author of this book is going to be here during Pentecost. um, And he's going to be doing some seminars, and you are not going to want to miss. He's preaching on the weekend. He's, yes. Rob, is it Reamer or Reimer? I always, which one is it? Reamer. Reamer. Rob Reamer. Um, And the book is called Soul Care, and it's Rob Reamer. It's Seven Transformational Principles for a Healthy Soul. So this is the quote. If you truly believe that you weren't carefully crafted, but accidentally thrust into being, then you will struggle with meaning and purpose. But if you believe that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving creator in the image of God, and redeemed by the Savior who counted you worthy of his very life, then your life will be rich with meaning, purpose, and passion. You will be motivated to love others and treat them with dignity and respect because they have inherent worth, including us too, right? Then, together with you, bear the image of God. And as image bearers, you matter to God. What you believe about yourself and others will shape how you live. What you believe about yourself and others will shape how you live. I want to see what scripture has to say about our body and our soul. Okay? So this is this is that kind of rapid fire that I was talking about where we're just going to go and get some verses. So if you want to write down the references, you can. I'm going to be flipping in and out of my... Um, <laughs> fifth grade Bible when I like made a decision for Christ that I can't get rid of because all the chunks are coming out but it like has all my notes in it from like forever so pardon me as I thumb through this thing. Uh, the first passage is Deuteronomy 4 29 but if from there you seek the Lord your God you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. 
So it's saying that if we're seeking God with all our heart and all, all our soul, that's where we'll find him. So to me what this says is the, is the soul is pretty amazing and powerful. If he's asking us to seek him with it, that means that it has a high capacity, right? The soul has a high capacity to receive. The soul has a high capacity to give. Okay? So then Matthew 16, 26. Basically, right now, we're just building a case for the fact that the soul is very important to God. So Matthew 16, 26. What good will it be for man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? So to me, what that says is the soul is a hot commodity. Because literally, it is, it is put up there with the whole world. So, like, you could trade your soul for the world. That's what you could do. So, again, high value, right? I mean, that's a big, that's a big trade, the soul for the world. Okay, Psalm 62.1. Psalm 62.1 says, My soul... Find rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Okay, so my soul finds rest in God alone and my salvation comes from him. Again, high value, hot commodity, right? Like rest in God and salvation in the same sentence, in the same. So they're both, like our salvation, I mean, that's eternal life, right? So our soul is definitely connected to that. Um, what about our body? Our body. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6. 19 through 20. Second Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And that one says, I'm getting this. Hold on. Just kidding. First Corinthians. I lied. It happens, guys. It happens. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So this is saying that our physical body was bought at a price. And at what price? Jesus, right? The cross. So, again, our body is of high value and importance to God. High value and importance. Uh, Romans, uh, actually since we're in 1 Corinthians, let's stay there. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Like that one we're coming back to because that's like, boom, my job, go Jesus. Um, next one is Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. <coughs> Do one on that. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. A living sacrifice to the creator of the entire universe. So, so this is important and of high value to God. Fair statement? Yes. Right? I mean, because here's the thing. Anything you guys hear from any of us over the weekend or anyone, whether it's a podcast or a sermon or whatever, like it needs to be tested against scripture. Like this is the truth. This is life right here. The word. The living word. 
right? So when you hear stop and you're like, and you go back to the word and you test it against the word. And so in this statement that we are whole, like we're the holy temple, like, wow, our bodies worth something. Our bodies worth so much that he would say, offer your body as a living sacrifice to God. That's what it means to him. That's why he's so, he's so honored and pleased when we offer him that. Like this is literally like the most that we could get to him, right? Like our body and our soul, like that's the most that we could offer to him. There's like, does that make sense? That kind of, that, that kind of settle? So I think what happens when we start looking at these is that it brings us back to this point of what does God say about our body and what does God say about our soul? So if we believe this is truth and we've established what, what God says about our soul and what what he says about our body, how does that change how we live? Should it change or, or not? Just like, eh, whatever. Or should there be a change? Yes. Probably a change, right? Unless you are already taking amazing care of your body and soul. And again, if you are rock star, come see me afterwards and I will take notes. Like, <laughs> I am all for learning. So do you just tell me and I'll take notes and write it down. But I think that in, that, in the in the scripture that talks about our bodies being a temple and our bodies being the holy of holies, that we should take a trip to the Old Testament. That sound good? Okay. So we're going to take a trip to the Old Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the actual holy of holies. Okay. So in the Old Testament... God did not necessarily dwell among us. Fair? Okay? So we have the Ark of the Covenant, right? So that is back here. So here's the Ark. And then this is the curtain, also known as the veil. Um, we've got a gate here. Okay? So the Israelites are following the cloud by day and the pillar by night, and they're having to transport this. The Ark of the Covenant is so important to God. God's presence among the people is so important to him that he says, don't touch it. If you touch it, you'll die. And so here's this poor guy. This is one of the stories in the Bible that just makes my heart really sad. But here's this poor guy helping transport God, literally, right? And, and they hit a bomb or a pothole or whatever, and the ark, starts to fall, the ark falls, and he goes to try to help it up. Now, this is just a natural instinct, ladies. Like, you see something falling, your natural instinct is, like, even cooking, something falls and it's hot. Like, I don't think, oh, it's hot, don't touch it. I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I just burned myself, right? And this poor guy's dead, boom, on site, no questions asked. Like, he just reaches out to catch that thing. I'm like, just put it back on the cart where it's supposed to be. And he falls down dead. Because why? Because that's how holy God is. That we, in our sin, do not even have accessibility to him. So here's the deal. There's, there's a bunch of priests, right? And then there's a high priest. And the high priest goes in to the Holy of Holies one time a year. Okay? And he has to do this whole big, huge rigmarole out here. He has to do a bunch of stuff before he goes in, and then a bunch more stuff, and then a bunch more stuff. And then he can go behind this veil. By the way, the veil, this is so fascinating to me. Like, I love this fun fact. I hope it's as exciting for you as it is for me. <laughs> The direction that God gives them, being his people, to build this, the intro, I mean, 
it has to be threaded with goat hair, and then there has to be this many feet by this many feet of gold, and then there has to be these chairs on it, and then, and then you also have to get a ton of fabric, and then there's like a bunch of layers to it, and there can't be any seams, and it's like crazy intricate direction, right? And this is like a giant fence, uh -huh. the big old fence around it too, right? And then there's this awesome roof to protect everything. Again, very, very specific directions on how to do all of this. The veil was 60 feet by 40 feet and 4 inches thick. So 60 feet, 40 feet, 4 inches thick, right? 4 inches thick. That's insane. Isn't that amazing? And I think, like, well, here, right now, in America, we could, like, whip something up like that pretty quick, or you could go online and order it, and, like, whatever, no big deal. But then, not so much. Like, this is a lot of work, and following a lot of very specific directions. Why do we have that veil there? Separation from God. Because in our humanness, we don't have access to him. So that veil is a very clear barrier between us and God. And again, only the high priest, who is basically the moderator between all the people and God, gets to go in there once a year. And he goes in there with blood and offering and clean and all these other things. And if anybody else goes in, what happens? Dead. Boom. Done. Game over. No questions asked. Because, because our humanity and our sinfulness can literally not come into contact with God at this point. So that's a pretty big deal, right? So when you look at this, what are the, like how protected it is, all the directions, all the everything, like what are some of the things that you would say, like somebody who built something like this and somebody who gave that many directions and all of that, what would you say? But what are you noticing about this, I guess? It's protected. Protected, yep. It's protected. What else? Sacred. Sacred, definitely. Protected, sacred. Unapproachable. Unapproachable. Yes. Very much so. And when the high priest went in, there was blood offering. Not his own blood, but like animal blood and all kinds of other stuff. What else do we notice about it? It's important. Important? Yep. Detailed and planned. A plan. <coughs> a detailed plan. Is that what you said, Pam? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A very detailed plan. Yes. Amen. Correct. What else? Anything else that, that jumps out at you guys? Limited access. Yeah. Ooh, you guys are like, oh, boom. I'll just let you guys teach the rest of it. So Hebrews 9, 7. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. So it's an offering for our sins too, right? So that space, the Holy of Holies, that space is sinless. There's literally no sin there because of the sacrifice that is offered every year. Yeah? Okay, and then if we go further, um, Hebrews 9, 24, 26, we're reading here, For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest entered the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. 
then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once and for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Okay, so then we have the cross here, right? And Jesus, obviously, I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> After, I mean, this is not my strength, drawing and writing. But Jesus is on the cross. He breathed his last breath. What's the, what's the last thing he says? It is finished. It is finished, right? It is finished. And what happens to this veil that is 60 feet by 40 feet and 4 inches thick and has no seams in it? It rips top to bottom, right down the middle, right? I mean, I'm getting goofy right now. Like, that's incredible. That's amazing. So, what does that mean, exactly? Full access to God. The what? Full access to God. And, and so, where does the Holy Spirit dwell, then? Uh, oh. So, you guys are basically a bunch of holy of holies on legs. Yes. Right? Like, that's literally how your dad sees you. That is the access that he gives all of us to him. Full access. Full access. We are walking holy of holies that don't make time for our bodies to heal, that don't make time for ourselves to rest, that do not think we're worth a massage, that do not think we're worth buying a nail polish that is our favorite that's $9. That do not think we're worth actually taking a 20-minute bubble bath with some Epsom salt, a few candles, and some worship music playing in the background. Literally cost you nothing. So here's the deal. If we actually take on his vision of us for ourselves and we own it and we walk in it, like, we're holy of holies. Like, that's what we get. And not because we're awesome, right? That's because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It's nothing that we're doing. There's nothing that we're doing. But that is why it's finished. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. For your body and for mine. And for your soul and for mine. And I think it grieves our dad's heart when we look in the mirror and are disgusted. I think it grieves his heart when we shame ourselves. I think it grieves his heart when we beat ourselves up for not being the size we want to be or not having the hair we want or having wrinkles or having gray hair or what the heck ever. I literally think it grieves his heart. Because why? The same care and attention, all those things that you said, oh, that place is sacred. Oh, it's set apart. Oh, it's protected. Oh, limited access. Right? So all of those things that you observed and you described from this holy, sacred place is exactly what you walk in every day. Exactly the same. If we believe that God's word is true, then this is truth. And not because I'm like, genius, this, this is God's word. And I mean, that's part of why we kind of did the rapid fire scripture, because I wanted to make sure that you guys have the scripture to test this against. 
That is how much he loves you. That same intricate care. Psalm 139, I knit you together in your mother's womb. God, you know my inmost being. That's exactly this, guys. That's the Holy of Holies. Like everything. The dimensions, the gold, the goat hair thread, like the whole thing. So if we actually take this and own it, isn't that going to impact the way that we live? Mm -hmm. Like that, that quote from the Soul Care book? That's going to impact the way that we live. That's also going to impact the way that we treat other people. And it's going to impact the way that we treat ourselves. Because all of a sudden, now that I view myself as an actual walking holy of holies, when my back hurts, I'm going to sit down instead of continuing to do yard work or fold laundry or just push through or whatever. Like, I'm actually going to listen to my body. I'm going to listen to my soul in a whole different way if I truly believe that I am the holy of holies. That because the Holy Spirit dwells within me, that's what I am. Sorry, I kind of like, I get real passionate about this because I just, it, I really think it grieves his heart, you guys. We are so hard on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. We expect perfection. We expect to hold it together all the time. We expect, if we have Jesus, we're good. And that is bullcrap. Because we have Jesus, so we have hope when this hits the fan. Right? We have Jesus, so when those circumstances happen, or when those horrible traumas happen in our life, or when the, I mean, just, when it happens, whatever it is for you, we have hope. We don't have perfection. And thank the Lord that he is creative enough that every single one of us has a different print on our hands. Literally. How many people are in the world now? I don't even know. Billions, right? Like a ton. Probably too many. Let's just be honest. We got a lot going on here. And not one person has the same fingerprint. That's how, that's the kind of care that he put into making you. It's, to me, it's even more than the Holy of Holies. He knows every hair on your head. The Psalms talk about how he catches every tear in a jar. Like he does that for you because you are valuable and you are important to him and he loves you and he sees you and he knows you and he wants intimate relationship with you. And then what do we do? I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like I'll look in the mirror and be like, ah. <laughs> like it makes his heart sad. Like he put a lot of work into you. And a lot of time. And wow, my big hair is getting hooked up on this thing. Um, like he cares so much about you. If, if, you, are, if you are a parent... For me with my oldest. Holding him and looking at him gave me a completely different perspective of God's love for me. There's literally nothing that Caleb could ever do that would change my love for him. And that is how your dad sees you. There's nothing. And I don't care, my son is obsessed with making the JC relays. He's been an alternate for the past couple years. If you know what the JC relays are, they're these relays for elementary school kids, and it's like life and death if you don't make it. It's like horrible. 
Oh my gosh. But then my daughter, she likes, she's like, Mom, I'm the fastest in the class. I'm like, awesome. And then I like look at my son and he's got tears because he's an alternate again for the third year in a row. These JC relays are just making me crazy people. Anyways, he's been talking about making it all year long. He's been running sprints out in front of our house on and off for the whole year. And you know what? He didn't make it. And it broke my heart because he was trying so hard. But you know what? It didn't change one ounce of my love for him. If anything, it made me love him even more. And that's how your daddy sees you. And if my son falls down when he's out doing sprints in the rain, I'm going to go out there and check on him. I'm not going to be like, suck it up, kid. <laughs> like, that's horrible. But how many of us do that to ourselves? Like, we fall down and we don't even give ourselves grace or patience to just lay there and cry because it hurts like hell. We expect ourselves to just get up and keep dealing with it. And that little, like, well, I have Jesus, so I should be fine. Not true. You have Jesus. And it's okay if you're not fine. You have Jesus, and it's totally fine. If you fall on the ground and your knee is bleeding, for you to just sit down and let him take care of it. Because if my son was out there and bleeding, and he's like, no, Mom, forget it. Get off me. I'm going. I got this. I got this. And I'm standing there like, babe, please, I love you. I just, I just want to take care of you. I just want to help. And that's what your Heavenly Father is giving you an invitation for every single day. I just want to take care of you. I just want to, like, nurture your soul. I want you to stop for 10 minutes and let me love you in that beautiful holy of holies that you carry every single day. And what? We just shame ourselves, right? And we just keep on trucking. Okay, so let's go back to the word. Um, rest. We need to talk about that. Because if we actually walk in truth... That we are holy of holies, all of us, walking around with that Holy Spirit living inside of us, then we probably need to take care of ourselves, right? Like our body and our soul. So, Psalm 127.2 is our first one. Psalm 127.2. In vain, you rise early and stay up late toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So here we are. I don't know about you guys, but up early, getting it done, keep going all day long, get home, do some more, can't go to bed until this, this, and this are done. And what does he say? I give sleep to those I love. Now, if you have an infant at home, sorry. You'll get sleep eventually, okay? So, I don't want you to like just be like, ha, God's a liar. He's not. He really does want to give to sleep to those that he loves. Um, okay, Mark 6.31. I really am promising you that you will get sleep again. And it's glorious. Um, except when there's like pee in the bed or there's nightmares or, or I'm just afraid of the dark or the thunder is too loud and then you've got three kids in your bed. I mean, that, that could happen too. <laughs> Mark 6, 31. <laughs> then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. This is Jesus feeding the 5,000, by the way. 
Then, because there were so many people coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus is telling the disciples, come with me and get some rest. Like, there's too much chaos here. Like, Jesus. So if you want to be like Jesus, which I don't know about you guys, but I want to be like Jesus. I mean, except like the male part. I like being a girl. Um, but I can be like his character, obviously. Come to a quiet place and get some rest. This is Jesus and the disciples, and they're still seeking quiet rest. And do I really think that I'm, like, greater than him? Like, I can somehow just keep running through my life on fumes and, like, never taking care of myself when the Savior of the world even took care of himself? Like, he rested, and he, like, prayed. Okay. Psalm 4, 8 is our next one. Psalm 4, 8. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I will lie down and sleep in peace. Right? Like, so that means that we do need to actually lie down sometimes and sleep. So there's, that's separate though, right? So sometimes it's okay for you to sit on the couch and breathe and do nothing else. Not even have your Bible open. Not even work on your Bible study. Not even fold laundry. But actually just like to lay down and just rest. Like that's okay. He celebrates when you do that. He loves it. Eats it right up. Isaiah 30, 15 is our last one. Yeah. Isaiah 30, 15. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. In repentance and rest. Repentance is the whole way. But like repentance, confession, that's the whole way we get to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, right? And he's putting that up there with rest. Same, same line. Repentance and rest is your salvation. So literally resting is a part of our salvation. This is the, from what I know, if there's somebody who knows better and is like, then correct me please. But from what I know of my, like, world religions class back in the day, is that Christianity, like the following of Jesus, him being, right, the only way to God, Jesus being the only way to God, that we're the only religion, so to speak, that you don't have to earn. Is that a fair statement? Has anyone heard anything different? Because everything else, there's, like, all these systems, and there's, like, these levels, and then there's, like, these levels of heaven, and then you have, like, holy underwear, and then you have, like, all these, you know what I mean? Like, a bunch of different things, and there's just, like, all this stuff, and you're like, oh, I don't know, and if you don't do enough Hail Marys, or, like, whatever, right? But the way that I understand, like, following Jesus right here, like, our salvation is because he loves us, and he desires relationship with us, and he knows that we're human, and he knows that we can't run all the time and never take care of our souls and never take care of our bodies. And that's why he asked us to do it. There's one of those psalms that everybody knows. 23. Right? Okay. So, together. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he makes me. Oh, he <laughs> makes you. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> he makes you lie down in green pastures by still waters. Because we're over here trying to be the energizer bunny. And he's like, ha, lay down. <laughs> right? Like, maybe not like that. But he makes me lie down. That means we need to do it, you guys. That, mean, that means we actually need to take care of this holy of holies. And that there is no shame in it. There is no shame in actually taking care of yourself. And I want to be very clear about what I mean by taking care of yourself. I don't mean you have to have a certain size and a certain weight and a certain diet and certain hair and certain glasses and clothes and blah, 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 blah. That's not what I mean. I mean, oh, wow, I am so tired. I'm going to sit down. Okay, all right. And I'm going to ask Jesus to tend to my body. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and wipe my tears because I am exhausted and I literally can't do this anymore. Because that is taking care of the Holy of Holies, which is where the Holy, I mean, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's just amazing, especially after this, right? Like we have full access to him and he's saying, sweet baby girl, I love you and I value your body. I literally died. I sent my one and only son so that you could have full access to me. The Holy Spirit would dwell within you all the days of your life and you don't think it's important to take care of it. You don't think you're worth it. Here's the deal. We're all in different stages of life. We all have different financial means. We all have our stories. Some of us are single moms. Some of us are farmer's wives. Some of us are pastor's wives. Some of us just trying to make it on our own. Some of us not married yet. Some of us single. Some of us really want somebody, but we don't have that yet. Or maybe we're divorced, or maybe we're newly single from that, or whatever. Whatever your story is, your physical body is of importance to your dad. Your physical body is of importance to your dad. Your soul is of importance to your dad. And to take care of it is offering your body as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to your dad. So it's not about, I don't have the time, I don't have the... Legitimate, I don't, please hear my heart in this. I'm not saying like, suck it up. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, if we believe that this is true, the truth, the Bible, and we believe that the Holy Spirit dwelling within us makes us a holy of holies on legs, then we need to act on that. Like you don't get a claim ignorance anymore. And it looks different for everyone. And I want to give you permission for it to look different for you than it does to your bestie or your person or your coworker or your spouse or your brother or your sister, whoever, right? So comparison will always steal your joy. So quit it, okay? <laughs> that is one thing I will say, just knock it off. Quit the comparison game because it will always steal your joy because you will either be prideful and better than somebody else or just seeing no worth and value because everybody else is better than you. So that's, that's not really going to work. 
And we have to be careful that our soul care and our body care does not become addiction or a scapegoat out, right? So for me personally, some ways that I hold myself in check with that is that I have a counselor that I see on a pretty regular basis. Um, I've got my bestie, I've got my best lady, I've got my soul sister, and those three keep me going. And they hold me accountable. And I've got my husband who will also speak into things. So if soul care looks like sitting down and watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy on Netflix, do not shame yourself. That's okay. But if you're binging for hours and hours and hours, might be time to like talk to somebody, bring somebody into that, and maybe, and maybe look at that. For me, a bath in Epsom salt, salt for 20 minutes with some candles and a glass of wine is my jam. Like it fills my soul. The Epsom salt literally pulls the toxins out of your body. It's 20 minutes, you're at home, the door's closed. Like at some point, the kids have to go to bed. There is some point at which you can take a bath, okay? Right? There's some point you can take a bath. After you clean it and Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes that stuff just needs to wait because your body is of high value to your dad. And so, like, sometimes I do go to bed and there's dishes in the sink and I'm choosing to get my eight hours of sleep, which I don't actually do, but six hours is my jam. So I'm choosing to make sure that I get my sleep instead of the dishes being done. Yes, we all have different circumstances. We all have different financial situations. Uh, my, my husband's insurance is pretty awesome, and we have a co-pay with a massage. So, like, when it's at a chiropractor's office, um, then you go to the chiropractor and you can get the massage. So instead of $70, it's like $36. So $36 broken up over two months is, what, like 17-something each month saved up a one-hour massage. There's literally no shame in that. Yoga, YouTube, free, right? So it's not like you have to go to a class. Now, some of those things are awesome, and if you have budget and you have time, go for it, do it. But if you don't, there are creative ways that you can take care of your soul. There are creative ways that you can take care of your body, and it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg, and it doesn't mean that you have to go get a mani-pedi facial and full-body massage, you know. But if you can, great, go for it. Like, no shame in that if you can. I mean, but... But that's not realistic on a day-to-day -day or even on a weekly basis, right? But you know what? For one of my friends, it was buying a really nice tube of mascara at Ulta. Like 20 bucks for mascara. I was like, what? You're crazy. And she said, it's my full care for the month. And I said, add a girl. And that's how she chose full care. So... I was doing some errands downtown for like a ministry thing or whatever and I popped into that, that drawer shop that's like some new stuff, some new stuff, you know, top, top drawer, drawer or something, drawer. right? Like I popped in there just to kind of like look around and there were these darling wooden earrings and they were $8 and I was like, huh, this is how I'm going to choose to feed my soul and my body a little bit. Just have something cute hanging off my earlobes, so, all right. So again, it doesn't have to be these huge big things, it can be little things. And I think the single most important thing is us just owning it. That our body is important and that our soul is important. Because Becky, I'm assuming that if Alex falls, you're not going to be like, suck it up. <laughs> right? True. 
I mean, unless it's a fake situation. Because sometimes kids are fakers. <laughs> but if it's a legit owie, then yes, we will come up and help them. You need to, and I need to, find the worth and the value in our body and our soul and let our daddy heal. And let our daddy fill us up. Because we're not energizer bunnies. We're not supposed to go all the time. Here's the thing. Jeff and I are in a different season of life where all four kids are in school um, all day. It's crazy pants. And I thought I was going to have oodles as time so I get all these things done. It's not true. It's not really happening. But I'm, I mean, I'm getting more done. So, anyway, he, he works weekends, so on, on the weekends that he works, he gets one day off that week, and it's Monday. And so, we decided Monday afternoons were going to be, like, our date time. So, like, kind of from noon to three is, like, our hangout time. And so, there was a Monday a few months ago where I was like, all right, babe, what do you want to do? Like, what, what are you thinking? And he's like, I just want to sit. And I said, that sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, just try it. Come here, just sit. And like literally, you guys, it was the most painful, awkward situation. And even though I got to sit next to my hunk of burn and love, it was not my favorite. And so like I sit down, and he's sitting next to me like he's all, like we got one of those big sectional couch things, right? And he's just like, oh, it's great, huh? And I'm sitting like, huh. Like literally my, my um, leg is like bouncing on and off and up and down. And I'm like, huh. He's like, why don't you get a book? And I'm like, all right. But like I couldn't do it. I lasted like a half an hour and I was like, I'm done, I'm tapping out, like enjoy vegging. I can't do it. And you guys, he called me out on it. And he just said, I know with this new season where you're not like on all the time home with four kids five and under and like it's crazy, but you're not in that season anymore and it's okay for you to just sit. And I was like, oh. All right. So I literally was like, I took a deep breath, and I like kind of rolled my shoulders back, and I was like, okay, God, I need you to help me be still, because I want to rest my body. And the Holy Spirit will do that, you guys. It's crazy. Like, if we just sit there and ask, like, he does it. It's awesome, because he loves you and he cares about you. But most of the time, we're not that kind to ourselves, right? Most of the time, it's like, go, 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 go. Speaking of going, uh, what time? Am I down 12.50? Yeah, ish. Was it 11.50 to 12.50? Does anybody have their little, like, time? Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, it doesn't say that. Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure I'm on time. Yeah, okay. And I think that when we actually create space and time. Now, here's the deal. Notice I didn't say an hour. I said 10 minutes. I think we could probably find 10 minutes. Maybe don't go on Facebook that day. I don't know. But 10 minutes, literally, just to say, okay, Jesus, fill my heart and soul. What does that look like right now? Does it look like getting my lawn chair and sitting out because it's actually sunny and just sitting there and closing my eyes and letting the sun hit my skin? Maybe that's what it looks like. So I want, again, to give you permission to ask your dad how it is that he fills your soul, how it is that he ministers to your body.
So that is like if you were if you were looking for like some homework, that's what it would be. Ask him. You can ask people around you too. I I sometimes will ask my husband. Sometimes I'll ask my my best lady or my other like and say, hey, when you see me the most energized and filled up, when is that? Like, what am I just finishing up or what am I getting ready for when you see me the most energized? So, like, for me, honestly, teaching is one of those things. Like, I could literally go run a half marathon right now. And I've never run one before in my life. But I could do it because I'm so filled up right now by this. And I love it. And I love preparing for it. And I love just soaking in his truth and, like, seeing new revelation from God because the Bible is literally living and so I can read the same passage that I read yesterday, and it'll be something different today, tomorrow, and 100 years from now, and 100 years ago, right? Amen? Like it's the living word. The other thing for me is, um, man, I, I like chocolate and wine. I'm just going to confess that right now. I feel like Jesus' first miracle was making a great party greater, and so I'm okay with it. Here's the deal. With that said, we also have to be very careful that our soul care and our care of our body does not become an escape or an addiction. Right? That is the, that's where the wisdom and the discernment come into play. And that's where it is, for me, part of my soul care is having a counselor. I have an amazing counselor. She's in Portland. I'm nuts. But she is worth the drive. And that hour up there is time for my soul. And that hour with Ruth is so life-giving. And then the hour home is time for me to process and just kind of like let it all go. That is part of the investment in my soul health. And it is worth it. And it also holds me accountable that my soul care and body care don't become addiction or don't become a scapegoat. Because I'm doing the hard healing work. I'm going to the hard, dark places and valuing this holy of holies that I walk in. And sometimes it is like the physical health stuff too, right? So sometimes it, it, for me, I really enjoy working out. I'm super competitive and I, I love it. I love, and here's the thing, when I just like had a membership at the croc, that didn't work for me. I didn't enjoy just going, now if you do enjoy this, amen, amen, amen. I'm just, this is me, right? So there's no shame, no comparison, no nothing. But like getting on an elliptical, I'm like, mah, mah, mah. like I just want to spill my eyes out. But my strength and conditioning coach, Mike Lovely, is incredible. And we get in there and we've got workouts and doing deadlifts and front squats and like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like I love it. So like CrossFit, like Karen, you're a CrossFit girl, right? And you like, yeah, that stuff, like that is when I'm like, yeah, competitive, let's go. But then one of my other friends, she does yoga twice a week, and that completely fills her soul. So it really is, again, freedom for you to do what fills your tent and your soul. But that wisdom and discernment piece about those things come, becoming an addiction or becoming a scapegoat, we have to make sure that we have community. And whether it's a counselor or a spiritual director or a mentor or whatever it is, that you've got somebody speaking into those things, too, to make sure that you're not like, yet. This is now, now I'm addicted to Netflix. Like, you know what I mean? Or to alcohol or, or whatever, right? Okay, so the last thing is be kind to yourself. 
I deal with nothing else from today other than that you are a, a manifesting, walking holy of holies behind yourself. And so I'd love for you to go ahead and just kind of close your eyes. And if, you're, if your hands aren't busy or whatever, just kind of hold your palms up and receive this song that Andrew Peterson is going to sing over you. deep dark well I can hear it in your voice that if you only had a choice you would rather be anyone else I love you just the way that you are I love the way you made your precious heart be kind to yourself be kind to yourself I know it's hard to hear it when that anger in your spirit is pointed like an arrow at your chest. When the voices in your mind are anything but kind, and you can't believe your father knows best. I love you just the way that you are. I love the way he's shaping your heart. Be kind to yourself. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within each and every one of us. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. And I pray that we would walk in that truth and that we would see our body, our physical body, as not this like wrestling with the flesh and evil and all those things, but that we would see our physical body as beautiful and worthy of your love and our care. And that we would view our souls as important and valuable and connected to our salvation. 
that we would leave a legacy for our children and our family and our friends, that we're women who care about our bodies and our souls, that we don't just run them into the ground, but that we tend to them with care, the same kind of care and direction and protection and limited access that you built and established in the Holy of Holies. And my blessing and benediction would be 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that you may all go well, even as your soul is getting well too. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you guys so much. I feel so humbled that you would come and listen and enter in with me. Thank you. I appreciate it.